I didn't turn, I did turn, there I am. Some of you are sitting right blinded by the sun. I see back there. How many of you love, just absolutely love daylight savings time? A few of you are weird. How many of you hate it? I don't really, I don't know if I hate it, but listen, here's the deal. It's not about you. Okay? Do you realize how much of life is just not about you? I, I thought about the song we just sang, I Surrender All. Well, it, but not this, no, no, and, and not the other thing. I, I mean, yeah, Lord, I surrender all, but there's a few things I'm going to keep a hold of. I'm, there's a few things I'm going to hold on to. This idea of it's not about you, I don't want you to, to misunderstand that you don't have any responsibility. Because Christ came to this earth because of you and me. And so there is that aspect of God has everything about us. His plan was about us. But sometimes, and I, I, I don't know where you are, but I, I, I've been thinking about this idea of it's not about you. And, um, and the problem is, is that, well, life seems to be about us. And, and we seem to be... I, let me tell you something right now that, that my, my dream that I had yesterday that everything electronically stopped working and I got up here to preach from memory. <laughs> and I, all of a sudden, everything in my iPad went dead. And I went, uh-oh. But seriously, our culture tells us from the time we're born to the time of our death that life is about us, doesn't it? I mean, everything that we talk about, think about this, what we eat, what we will wear, where we live, what we, who we'll marry, the school that we'll attend, the job that we'll have, the vocation that we pursue. And yet God says it's about his kingdom. And I realized that, you know, when I was a kid, my parents would ask me, what do, I, what, what do you want to do when you get older, Bernie? I had no idea. I still don't. I'm still working on it. I haven't arrived yet, you know? I mean, it's like a journey in progress. And sometimes I get stuck in a place and I stay there for a while and then I move on. But, but how many of us teach our children to pursue the things that you want to do? Become anything you want. But is that God's plan? Is that what God has for you? Is that what God wants of you? Is it just about you and what you think? How many love the four-way stop sign places? Yeah, I'm one of those people that when I come into it, especially if it's a busy one, I'm going to try to edge you out, okay? Because I'm in a hurry. I, <clears throat> roundabouts. Who in their right mind created roundabouts? I, I went to Georgia a few weeks ago, and I get off the exit on the interstate to go to my daughter's house, and they're putting a roundabout down at the, just a quarter mile into this other intersection. They got a roundabout going there. And it's a tiny little one for little Volkswagens or something. I don't know. If you're pulling a trailer, it's tight. I'm going, what are they doing? Some of you may remember that they used to tell you that roundabouts were the most dangerous places to be and to get into an accident. Oh, they built them anyway. Because frankly, it's not about you. It's about someone else. I mean, think about what's going on in the world today. It's about somebody. What's the Ukraine about? 
Putin? About others? It's certainly not thinking about the Ukrainians. And that's the way life is today. It's sad because it's, it's just going on all around us. I love this verse. You've seen it. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I'll show you. Can you imagine Abraham going, yeah, <clears throat> I think I just had a bad dream. I mean, how would you feel if God came to you in the middle of the night and said, pack up your things and go into the place that I'm going to show you? You get up in the morning, you tell your wife, or you tell your husband, God spoke to me last night, we're to move. Yeah, right. Do you realize what gas is right now, what it's going to cost us? Listen, it's a great time to sell, but it's not a good time to buy. My house has doubled in value, according to Zillow. But, and someone said, well, you ought to sell it. <clears throat> Have you considered what it's going to cost me to buy one equivalent to what I've got now? I don't think so. But, you know, that's what we do. We, we, uh, <clears throat> we, <laughs> we do, when God's asking us to do something, I, I don't know... I don't know whether we really think it through. I mean, even in this case, was the command about Abraham or was it about God? Was God asking Abraham to do this because it was going to be beneficial to him? Or was it part of God's plan? And you see, I think that you'll realize that it was part of God's plan. Now, yes, there was a part in there that was a part about Abraham. But God was planning something far bigger than Abraham. He was going to be the father of nations. He was going to be the the father of the whole Jewish people. But you know the story of Abraham. I mean, Abraham didn't have a son. And Sarah, his wife, said, Abraham, you know, we don't have a child. There's Hagar. She's my servant. Why don't you have a child with her? Abraham, like a fool, said, sure, honey, anything you tell me to do, I'll do it. It It got him in a lot of problems. I mean, I use the term often, don't ever go out and have an Ishmael. An Ishmael is not God's plan. Yeah, you, it sounded like a good thing. Have you, ever, have you ever done something that sounded good? That was the worst decision you ever made. Yeah. Whoever made up daylight savings time, that was the worst decision anyone could make. I got up at, at 2.30 this morning. Well, no. I got up at 3.30 according to my watch because I knew my watch already had automatically advanced. And I grabbed what I thought was an analog watch off my nightstand and took it out to the bathroom so I could see to make sure this one changed because I don't trust them. And I look at this one and it says the same time as this one. And I goes, and it's one of those, t- those watches that sets its time by a satellite and it rarely works right. <laughs> except last night. So then I went to the bathroom to che- or the, the kitchen to check the stove, and the stove said it was 2.30 in the morning. I said, okay, I'm on, I'm on schedule. Then I went back to bed for another hour and got up at 4.30. Or was it 5.30? It was 5.30 our time now, 4.30 yesterday's time. My wife got up and she said, I'm not getting up. I'm going back to bed. I don't feel good. I said, honey, you can do whatever you want. You know, as a husband, I've realized it's not about me. It's about her. (laughs) Honey, whatever you want to do is fine with me. But 
I mean, think about this. I mean, with us, with our, our lives, I mean, we, we do this. We have 401ks, we have savings plans, retirement plans. Our life is laid out for our purpose. I won't ask this question, but a lot of you are retired. Right? What would you do if God says, I think I want you to go on a mission field for a while? Most of you, and I would be the same, i go, was that God or do I just have indigestion? <coughs> I mean, certainly he doesn't want me to do that, does he? My wife and I are planning a trip across uh, the country this year. We're, we're planning on going in May. And uh, my wife says, you don't realize what gas is, right? I said, yeah. No, you, you, don't under, you know what it's going to cost us in gas to pull our trailer and to go and to be out there for six or eight weeks? I said, yeah. Well, we can't afford it. I said, do you think it's going to get better? No, I think it's going to get worse. Do you think God has a plan? Well, sure I do. Well, then I'm not worried about it. And we go back and forth with this. How many remember the time that you went into a gas station, drove in, you didn't get out of the car because there was already an attendant, and you gave him a dollar and said, give me a dollar's worth. Some of you go, yeah, I remember those days. <coughs> we didn't think, I mean, a dollar's worth was a lot of money in those days. I was thinking about it this morning. I made a dollar an hour. That was my wage. A dollar an hour I made. Eight dollars a day. Some of you are going, how old are you, Bernie? <laughs> I'm old. Trust me. But you see, life is not about us. And yet the way we live, it, it is about us. We live the way that we think of ourselves first. And what I want to challenge you on today and next week is this whole idea of why aren't you here? Not here in this place, but here on this planet. Are there any Star Trek people in here? A couple of you, then you know. I'll, I'll do it for you, just you couple. But I, I heard something the other day that just really excited me. Picard and Data are having a conversation. And I actually heard this night, last night at 9.30. I grabbed my phone and Googled this so I made sure I had it this morning. And they're talking initially about death. And then Data says to Picard, now this is, remember, the 24th century that this is played out in. And he's, Data says to Picard, well, tell me, what, what do you believe, sir? And Picard answers this, he said, considering the marvelous complexity of the universe, its clockwork perfection, its balances of this against that, matter, energy, gravitation, time, dimension, I believe that our existence must be more than either of any of these philosophies we've discussed. That what we are goes beyond our practical measuring systems and that our existence is part of a reality beyond what we can understand now as reality. And I heard that yesterday and I went, wow, he gets it. That there's, a, there's something greater than ourselves, than ourselves, than our jobs, our careers, the things that we hold valuable. There's something far greater than that. And I must then bring my attention to that idea. 
In Proverbs 1.24, the writer says, I have called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I've reached out to you, but you paid no attention. I, I read this and I think of God speaking to us. And I've thought about my own life, how I have been in situations where I know God has called me. I know God has reached out to me. I know that he is, has a plan and I've turned my back. Something I've shared before, you may remember this. I'm in a, in a church service and I'm singing a song. Yes, Lord, to your way and to your will, I'll say yes, Lord. And he whispered in my ear and he said, will you? Will you really? And I can remember in that moment, I was like, oh, darn it. He got me. But it's like the song we were singing, I surrender all. And we, we harp with our whole hearts, we say, I surrender all. But in the back of our minds, we're going, but not that. Not the other thing. But God is asking for us to what? Surrender it all. When he says, I've called you so often. What, do you think that's just once or twice? I think often that the call of God is always being sent out. In Isaiah, remember, I think it's Isaiah 6, where Isaiah is heard to call God and saying, who shall we send? I don't think that God was talking to Isaiah. I think he was a general question about who are we going to send? Perhaps the real question is, who will go? We say, oh, whatever, Lord, whatever you want me to do. As long as I agree with it. We have that little caveat. As long as it benefits me. A couple weeks ago or a month ago, I went down to do some consulting work with a large church in Virginia. And it's a, it's a, it's a big church. And how I got asked to do it is, is interesting in and of itself, but, but they told me, they said, Bernie, we don't know if we can give you anything to do this. I said, it's fine. I don't mind doing it anyway. I'd love to do it. And so I went down and I, 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 it took me where I was staying in Virginia. I had to drive three hours to get to this place and then three hours home. And then I spent six hours with them. So it was a total of 12 hours a day. And when I left, they gave me an envelope and they said, here's a little something for your time. We didn't think we'd be able to give you anything, but we can. When I got back, I opened that envelope and I almost fell over. I've never, I've never been blessed by such an offering. And I felt what God was saying to me was simply, Bernie, all I ask for is your willingness. I'll take care of everything else. But you see, we often think about well, what I need up front. What am I going to need in order to do this? And I think God is saying, will you just do it? And don't worry about everything else because it's, it's really not about you. I think God is saying, it's about me, it's about my son, it's about my plan, it's about my purpose. And that's why when I see Proverbs 1, he says, I've called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I've reached out to you, but you paid no attention. Because we have our own agendas, we have our own things, we have our own ideas of what it should look like. You see, we seek fame, fortune, significant worth, value. 
But do we seek God's call? Do we get up in the morning and pray, Lord, send me to where you want me to go today. Bring me to the place that you want me. The other day, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Walmart, in our Walmart where I live, and I got thinking about the, the, the uh, store manager. He and I have a relationship, and, uh, and I was thinking about him, and I'm walking through the store, and there he was. And he says, Bernie, why don't you come and work for me? You could be a greeter. I said, you know, I don't know. I, it just doesn't, you know, I'm not asking God whether or not I should. I'm just saying, no, I don't think so. He said, but Bernie, here's the great thing. They can curse you and then you can bless them. And I laughed and I thought, yeah, right. I don't think I want to do that. But you know, I have to ask God, is this what you want? I mean, it doesn't seem like it's something I want to do. But if it's not about me, and it's about him, then maybe it's something I should consider. So I am considering it. I, you know, I'm prayerfully asking, Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? Here's the deal. At what point in your Christian walk are you done serving God? When you reach 70, 80, 90? A number of years ago, I brought Anthony Ballback from, he was, lived in Florida. I brought him to Cowdersport because he was the founder of the church in Cowdersport. So I flew he and his wife up. And in one of my conversations with Anthony, he said, would you come to Florida with me and help me start a new church down there? Because all the people in our denomination and others, all they want to do is play golf. I was tempted. Why? Because it's not about us. It's always about God. Caleb was how old when God called him to take the mountain? 80 years old. He says, I'll take the mountain. I want a good fight. The rest of us want a good chair by the television and in the sunlight. You see, we seek these things, don't we? And, and listen, I, I think all of us have at different times found that we were after significance and worth. And those things are valuable. But my significance, I've learned, is not in who you think I am, but in whom God thinks I am. When I put myself under his microscope and allow the Holy Spirit to convict me of the things in my life that displeases the Father... I've actually found that people like me more. Not because I'm trying to do something for them, but because God is working in me. You know, one of the things that I wanted to be was six foot five. God misunderstood that because I became five foot six. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten shorter. Some of you know what that's like. Do you know the inseam of my pants used to be 32? Now it's 28. I don't know what happened. (laughs) look for God called you to be what good even if it means suffering ooh there's a word we don't like remember that song please don't send me to Africa I'll go wherever you want me to go but don't send me here 
when our district superintendent asked me about going to Cowdersport, I said, no, 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 no. I, they don't like me. I don't like them. I am not going to Cowdersport. Nine months later, I said, it's funny. It was nine months. It was like I had to give birth to something. You know, nine months later, I finally said, look, let my resume go there. They won't want me, but let it go. I'll be obedient. Well, that didn't work out for me. I wound up in Cowdersport. But it's interesting because, see, we don't want to suffer. God, I'll do anything you want me to do, anything. But I don't want to suffer. I don't want to be inconvenienced. Well, I mean, what's it going to cost me? What's it going to cost me? Any of you get annoyed with drivers and people in the checkout line and the store? How many of you go to the grocery store at 7 o'clock in the morning because you don't want the crowd at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock? See, I've got a wife that does that. She leaves the house at 7. I go, where are you going? She goes, I'm getting groceries. Why? So early. Because I don't want to be around people. Well, what happens if God wants you there at 11 o'clock? Did you ever consider that? I don't say that to her. I know my place. <laughs> but I might say it in a different way. Look, in Peter 3.9, it says, Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with blessings. <clears throat> that is what God has called you to do, and He will grant you His blessing. So, remember I said about the, the store manager that wants me to be a greeter? Why? Because he wants someone blessing the people that are cursing him. Because he must know that this is the verse in this, in, that Peter has called us to live. <clears throat> Listen, when you're going through the self-checkout line and the line is 10 people deep, what do you think? How many of us are annoyed? Are you kidding me? i got to wait for these people to check out. And listen, I've been in that self-checkout line when people have had two and three basketful of items. I'm going, what are you thinking? This is for us quicker people. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we do that. And I think about this, what Peter was saying, and I'm going, oh, Lord, I'm not too good at this. And, of course, what God has been teaching me is that, Bernie, it's not about you. Well, who's it about then? What do you think God says? It's about Him. It's about His plan. It's about His purpose. Then how do I do that? How do I, how do I walk through this life? The other day, I'm driving up into the parking lot at a store, and wouldn't you know it, a guy came the other way and pulled into the very spot I was going into. I wanted to ram his car with mine. (laughs) Don't laugh. Some of you want to do the same thing. I know you do. Do you remember the movie where the lady did that? Boom! I don't forget the name of the movie, but I remember the scene. We want to do that. I have, I'm being honest, I have a little sadistic stuff in me. I like to make you hurt and laugh at the same time. Not you laugh, me laugh. But is that what God has called us to do? 
But we do that, right? I mean, that's part of it. When I think about this verse from Peter, when people insult us, we want to insult them back. What about little children? You're stupid. Yeah, well, you're stupider. Right? Little kids do that. Where'd they learn that from? Who taught them that? Probably the grandparents, right? Couldn't have been the parents. I mean, there are times that I think, what planet are you from? But I don't say it. Sometimes my wife has done things that I'm going, what were you thinking? I don't say it, but I think it. And partly because I think, you know, how... My wife and I are different. We are so different. If I say, let's turn left, she'll turn right. And that's just the way we are. It's no big deal. It's just the way we are. And, and my challenge is, is, and I ask her, you know this, I've said this before, honey, if I were loving you, what would that look like today? If I were blessing you, what the, would that look like today? Because that's what I want to do. Because that's what God cal- called me to do. Pay back, pay back with blessings. Remember the Beatitudes? Isn't that a way that we're to live? What would happen if the church of Christ started living the way God has called us to live? What would be different in this world? What would be different in our communities? A, a pastor recently shared at a meeting I was at that he asked someone in his community about their church. What do you think of this Alliance Church? And the person said, oh, that church? They don't like us here in our town. That was their reputation. Why? Because in that person's mind, and as the guy found out from other people, they considered that church as they were haughty. They looked over and down at other people that didn't go there because they were somebody. I can remember growing up. All right, I'm in that process still. When I was a child, I grew up in a denomination that was, well, we were not looked on as the people you wanted to be. There was another denomination that was haughty. They were up here. And my brother was dating a girl from that group, and her parents said, you cannot date him because you will never be able to marry him. You will lose your salvation if you do. It's interesting, even after 70 years, I still have an attitude about that group because of how we were treated. And yet many of my friends were from there. My point is, is that so much of what we think about is about for us, how we want, how what we feel, what we believe. What makes us comfortable? What makes us happy? In Isaiah 43, you know this verse, but, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you, O Israel, the one who formed you. He says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. What would happen if we, if we took this verse and, and repeated it and prayed it over our lives every day? What would happen then in our response to what's going on around us, either locally or globally? 
I know that people are struggling right now because of, of what's happening in our economy. I get it. But what is it ultimately going to change for you? Does it change your faith? Does it change who God is? Does it change who he has called you to be? Just because it costs you more at the grocery store doesn't mean that you still can't do all that God has called you to do. Remember, he has called you by name. Your name. He has called and purposed for you a plan and a purpose. Here's, here's part of my struggle. How many like to suffer? None of us, right? And yet, Christ himself came to do what? The will of the Father. And you see, sometimes what God is calling us to do will put us in a tight place, a difficult place, a hard place, a place of suffering perhaps. Maybe not suffering as Christ did, but certainly what we think is suffering. But you see, God is calling us to a place. You can imagine what would happen if Christ said, eh, this is too hard for me. Remember the disciples when Jesus said, come and pray with me. As I go and pray, stay awake with me. And what they do? They fell asleep. Do you remember the two mothers of the disciples that came to Jesus? And he, she said, they said to Jesus, May my son sit on your right and, my, and the other sit on your left. <laughs> and Jesus says, You don't understand what you're asking. You don't understand the cup of suffering that will come. In essence, what he's saying is, it's not about you, ma'am, and it's not about your son. It's about the Father and his plan. And are you willing to do what he is asking and calling for you to do? Because it will be suffering. And what do we do? Do we even process that? Perhaps we should be. Perhaps we should be thinking about what might come. I was driving over and I was thinking about one of my son-in-laws. And one of my son-in-laws will eat anything as long as it's beef and potatoes. And brown gravy. I was at his house and we had some shrimp. And he goes, no, 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 I don't eat shrimp. Well, how about lobster? I don't know, I don't eat lobster. How about chicken? Well, maybe once in a while. When he cooks a hamburger... It is so dead, there's no moo left in it. In fact, it's so dead, it's hard. You could pound nails with it. I don't know, he'd choose it. So he is. And I laugh. And sometimes I want to say, you know, Bill, it's not about you. The rest of us might like something. Well, then fix that for them and I'll eat what I want. And sometimes we're like that, aren't we? So, okay, so it's not about me. But what is it about then, besides God? And what's it supposed to look like? 
Well, here's what I want you to do, because you know I'm coming back next week, right? I've got an assignment for you. I want you to think about this question. What's this supposed to look like? And I want you to look at every part of your day from your relationship with other people, whether it's your spouse or your children or grandchildren. What is it God has been asking of you to do that you've not been willing to do up to this point? I want you to think about what that looks like in the grocery store and and in whether you're at Rural King or, or Walmart or wherever you are. What does it look like? Here's why I ask that, because I know just from my own personal life that I can go into these places and wind up becoming aggravated because I have to deal with people. You understand that, right? I mean, if everyone was like you or me, the world would be wonderful. But it's not like you or me. There's some real people out there that rub you the wrong way. Maybe you're married to them. Could happen. I don't think God puts two people together but to bring them together to cause friction that will cause things to be worked out in the other person. Yeah. So, I want you to be thinking about this. Because when you think about God, God's plan and His purposes are being done with the idea of are you willing to be a participant with him? When God said to to Peter and to Mark and to Matthew and all those apostles, when he said to them, come and follow me, did they have any idea of what that was going to look like? When Jesus said to Peter, you will deny me, Three times before the rooster crows. Did Peter have any understanding what that was going to look like? You see, what we have to understand is, is that God is going to want to take us beyond our experience so that we can grow in faith. And how do we not know that what is happening in our world today is for us as well as others? To stretch us into a place of faith so that we can then minister to others who are not there. And see, we don't want to get out of our comfort zones. We don't want to step aside and go into the place that, that is new to us. Because it's different. I've never done that before. Well, get over yourself. Go do it. Why? Because God's calling us into a new place. God's calling us to be a people of faith. I know whom I have believed and know that he is able to do what? This and much more. As we close in this last song, And I forget the name of it, but I thought that that song was so appropriate for what we're talking about today. Because, what is the name of that last song? What? I have decided. decided. That's what I'm asking you to do is decide. Choose this day whom you will serve. That's what Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
What did they have before them? Battles. Battles. They had to conquer things. It wasn't Palm Beach. It's hard. It was hard. See, I don't ultimately think you can understand what it's supposed to look like except that I'm a follower of Jesus and I'll go wherever He will go. Let's pray. Father, help us to be those people, to be that people that will take Your Word and act on it. Act on it in such a way that that we become victors in Your plan and co-heirs with Christ as He rules. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.